I'm finally putting my book, The Glee of Liking Me, in a place where I can record it and upload it. There's a chapter in that book that I, for some reason, believed that I had recorded a long time ago and shared on my podcast. And I suppose my podcast has been going long enough that I do lose track of what I've uploaded and not uploaded because many of the audio files or things I've written, I did long before I started sharing. So today I was looking for whether or not I had already shared fear, doubt, and the negative committee. And apparently I haven't, which surprises me because I can hear myself reading it, but I can't find that I did share it. So even though this is going in my audiobook, I think it's important enough to share since I've been assuming for so long I already did. Fear, Doubt, and the Negative Committee Who is the Negative Committee? Good question. The much-respected Eckhart Tolle calls it the pain body. Anne Bradford calls it the Negative Committee, and I personally use both terms. I feel it as a committee living in my mind, always looking for the painful perspective. They are very real, and so loud with their reasons to fear and doubt everything. I have no choice but to acknowledge them in this book, since I personally have benefited from knowing they are there. The negative committee has always lived in my mind, having a say on almost everything I do in life. Even thoughts I have. For a long time, I thought I might be slightly crazy, since my thoughts turning negative so easily didn't match my positive personality. The thoughts even overwhelmed me at times, making me feel sick of myself, like I wanted to shout, shut up already. It was continual chatter in my head with unhappy perspective and negative opinions on everything. Sure, this is happening in my mind, but the seeming inability to shut it off made me wonder if I was in fact not in control of it. Once I learned about the negative committee, or the pain body, and its unwavering attempt at keeping me in fear, pain, and doubt, I was finally able to say, I get it. No wonder the thoughts don't feel like mine. On some level, they aren't. It also took me time to realize these thoughts were always dictating how I would feel because I was listening to them. I had countless thoughts that didn't serve my best interests. So by my definition, the negative committee is a group of polluting thinkers in your head that only know how to be negative. They never praise me. They aren't encouraging and they want to have an opinion on almost everything. They also expect me to believe all the negative things they say, so I do, or rather, I did until I began learning more. It has taken me years to finally hear the difference between my own thoughts and them. I'm actually so good at it now, I can usually stop them in their tracks, acknowledging that what is coming into my mind is them, and depending on the situation, sometimes I can easily say, sit down and shut up. Other times, however, I allow them to have a say, and then I throw some common sense thoughts at them, which also buttons their negative lips. Agreeing with them is always a bad sign they have control of you. I have no choice but to truthfully admit there is still a small percent of the time when they chime in and I let doubt and fear stop me from moving forward. I hate that I do that. And often I'm able to later say to myself, oh, come on, really? You were letting that little thing convince you to listen to the negative committee? The good reasons I had for listening always seem to be gone later. I'm now going to state the obvious. Fear is fearful. We fear feeling fear, and we do our best to avoid it. Happiness feels good. 
fearful is uncomfortable. We aim to be happy. We don't seek to be afraid. And really, doubt is the opposite of confidence. Happiness has the power to heal. Fear has the power to make sick. Ask anyone with anxiety issues. And if you're willing to test it, you will find fear is a liar. The next time you feel fear, don't listen, don't follow, and watch what happens. So if that's the case, and it seems to make sense, why do so many of us choose to feel fear? Yes, I said choose. Notice the next time you feel it, you're likely faced with multiple emotions you could feel, but since the negative committee suggests doubt and fear, you just take it, feel it, and believe it. It's like always choosing the first prize on a game show instead of considering a better prize could be behind door number two or door number three, and not even noticing there are doors four, five, and six. We never let happiness stop us from doing something, and yet we let fear stop us all the time. We accept it first. We choose it. Many of us don't continually feel fear. We choose to run when it appears and never deal with anything fearful. Why would we want to deal with scary, fearful things? We might end up um, with, um, what might we end up with if we deal with those scary things? We might end up learning they aren't scary. No, I got it. We might end up feeling uncomfortable, the thing we felt anyway, by feeling afraid in the first place. So we might end up right where we started, but this time with the knowledge of, See, it was a good thing I was afraid and uncomfortable because now I can continue being afraid and uncomfortable. This time with proof, I should have been feeling it all along. So either, one, you learn you don't need to be afraid, or two, you learn you don't feel any different, but you get to say, I was right. The thing is, you're far more likely to experience number one than you are to experience number two. Why is that? Because of the nature of fear. Fear is wrong all the damn time. Fear tells you stupid shit and it's so convincing. Fear and the negative committee are such great friends. They gang up and stop you from believing anything outside of what they are telling you. They sound legit. They have a loud argument. And frankly, they are much easier to believe than they are to make quiet. Often we just accept what comes into our mind first, and first is what the negative committee is telling you. This means not being afraid has to be a conscious choice, acting on the choice so you can experience the thing not being scary. The acting on has to be a conscious step forward of ignoring the negative committee and choosing to learn for yourself. Why not learn for yourself which things warrant fear and which don't? Seriously, why not? Eckhart Tolle suggests we say to ourselves, I don't mind when we encounter an uncomfortable situation or thought. I personally struggle with not minding and find it just a tiny bit easier to say to myself, I don't know. Because for some reason, allowing myself to consider maybe knowing in the future is a little bit like not minding. It's like letting myself temporarily not mind when not minding at all doesn't feel like something I can do. If we can be conscious in the tried and tested knowledge that the obsessing, dwelling, and worrying doesn't bring us greatness, happiness, or joy, can we stop doing it? Or even just stop doing it sooner? I would like to suggest we can. 
I'm also going to go a bit further into the Eckhart Tolle realm and bring up being present. If I'm able to stop myself and be present, saying, Hey, Natalie, why are you worrying about something you couldn't possibly change by being worried? Or, Hey, Natalie, why are you wasting effort dwelling on something you have no control over? Then I'm able to be present with an honest answer and realize the worry or fear is actually a choice. I can't answer those questions with anything that sounds sensible because I know full well that no uncomfortable feelings will fix anything. They will only add to me feeling worse. Then add to that how often we are wrong when we assume we know how things are going to unfold, and there's no good answer to those questions. Acknowledging the negative committee and getting used to how they operate, the stupid stuff they say to you, and figuring out their patterns means you can shut them up rather than consider what they say. One of the ways I prove this to myself is to think about how I talk to other people. Am I nice? Am I respectful? Am I kind? Would I say aloud the things the negative committee says? Would I say them to someone else? No, I wouldn't. That right there is my sensible way to instigate a new thought process. Am I a hypocrite that believes everyone else should hear kindness from me? That I should give it to everyone else, just not myself? I'm not saying I never worry or feel fear. On the contrary, there is plenty of crap in my life appearing and looking fearful, and plenty of stuff to doubt. What I'm doing is coming back to that choice of two things, and I'm choosing number one. I keep educating myself on whether or not the fearful thing is worthy of fear, and I keep learning it's not. Learning is slow, because part of me, probably the negative committee, wants to insist I am wrong and it wants to test me an inordinate number of times before it becomes a new belief. Which is fine, because I intend to stick with my clear observations finding number one to be true, learning that I don't need to be afraid. I'm also working on not making assumptions. This goes hand in hand with fear because we assume things are worse than they really are. The negative committee ensures that. However, fear is seldom based in education. It's based on assuming scariness and believing what we assume. Remember that saying, don't believe everything you think. Life is all about choices. We choose our feelings. Why choose fear and then swim in it? I can't think of a good reason to do that. Not one. It doesn't matter what words you put with fearful, scary, afraid, frightening, terrifying. I'm frightened of rejection. I'm afraid to love again. I'm scared to grow. I'm terrified I will fail. I'm afraid I will look like an idiot. If you catch yourself using these words, use that as the mark you need to educate yourself on that particular thing. Don't assume you know what will happen. Don't choose to swim in discomfort. Acknowledge you have a choice. Slap or gag the negative committee and learn for yourself what warrants fear and what doesn't. Because you know what happens then? you get all those benefits of happy. Removing the uncomfortable feelings by facing fears so they don't exist. So I only feel happy? That is what I want to swim in. You can float along in life as you have been, but if you have reached this point in this book, you are still reading for a reason. I keep coming back to essentially being in the driver's seat. 
Life is a paradox of complicated and simple. The perspective you choose dictates that. I'm doing the complicated thing of looking at everything so my life can be simple. Learning to do all these things I write about is making life easier for me, not harder. If I do the simple thing of not changing perspective, not being in charge of my thoughts, and ultimately self-esteem, that is a good way to make life more complicated. No thank you. Nat and Chat is brought to you by SeedsAndCells.net.